Friday, everybody. Good evening, everybody. It is the 25th of October, 2019, and I am back after a long hiatus. I'm just putting a little club music in the background because I am actually in the house in Virginia on a Friday night, which is very rare. Everyone that knows me knows I'm always out of town, shaking my ass somewhere, getting drunk. That is not the case tonight. I've had a glass or two of this Johnny Walker Black Label I've been drinking. You know, I had to buy it before those 25% tariffs went up because, you know, a bitch is broke. So, I'm out here sipping in the country air across the uh, street from the plantation, a.k.a. Army Navy Country Club. Jamming to this music. I so missed you guys. I really have. It's been a crazy summer. Um, I turned 29, so it was my last, or it is my last year. In my 20s before, I have to be a mature 30-something-year-old. Um, I went back to Europe for the first time in seven years. I went with one of my close friends, Arlen. We had an amazing, amazing trip together. I still can't believe, you know, she was just so ride or die to go with me because when she first said last year, yeah, I'll go with you. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, she's a very good friend of mine. We've been friends for, oh, my God, like 10 years now. But, you know, I wasn't sure because it was kind of short notice. And I think I bought my ticket like three weeks after I told her I was going. And she said, okay. And she bought her ticket and she spent the whole time with me. So, you know. She can be my travel buddy anytime. I love her. Um, I went to Montreal. Um, my last episode, I was actually on my way out for that big night out in Montreal. It was my last night in Montreal when I uh, broadcasted from there. So now I'm back here and I'm going to be more frequent now. Uh, I just had to take care of a lot of business the past few months. I'm starting my cleanse because... I need to get healthy. Uh, I haven't really been drinking a lot lately, and I feel so much better, actually. Uh, I'm sleeping better. I'm eating better. Um, I'm taking it one day at a time, but, you know, everyone, just watch what you eat and what you drink and how you live your life because it does start to affect you. Um, And I'm going to be very open with you guys. I also have seasonal depression. Um... And not depressing to the point where I want to hurt myself or anything, thank God. But it's very, I don't want to do anything. Uh, I'm just sad. I don't feel good. I'm not the most social, which is the complete opposite of what I am as a person. So I feel like I'm starting to cheer up now and I felt good. And I just needed to talk to you guys because talking to you guys is my therapy. And I really enjoy doing this. So. With that being said, cheers and let's begin. So a quick um, shout out I want to do is a few weeks ago, I was actually going through the statistics of my podcast and I see that I have people that listen to me in Hungary. I love Hungary. I've been to Budapest. It's actually one of my favorite cities. It's probably the most hipster place I've ever been to in my life. 
So for anyone that's a hipster or love hipsters or hipster culture, definitely check out Budapest before it gets um, a new reputation as like a Euro Disney World, like Prague is. So when I went to Budapest in 2012, it was still a little rough. And when I say rough, it you know, it wasn't Disneylandish. You know, the buildings from, you know, the Soviet times and pre-Soviet times still had the bullet holes from the 1956 revolution there um the city was dank but it was realistic the people were cool it was so cheap um i actually went to this bar that served their drinks like the stock market like the prices varied based on the stocks um i guess it's by how popular a drink is they go up i went to another bar like that in paris too but that was really fun but shout out to hungry um, I also had, um, I think, one listener or two listeners in Germany. So shout out to Germany. I'm German descent. I've never been there, but I definitely want to go. So, you know, if I have a cousin or two that still live over there and they say, oh, we got a black American cousin who's ratchet and got his own podcast. Let's listen. Shout out to y'all. Guten Tag. Um America. I don't think I had anyone in Canada and I think I had like one or two people in Spain and Italy and one person in the UK. So shout out to all my European audience. You know, no one from the motherland or from Asia or from South America. I don't think anyone from the Caribbean either. So but you know my ass have been slacking, so I need to get back on point. Today I want to talk about forgiveness. And you know I don't like talking about depressing ass stuff all the time. I feel like that makes this a short episode when I talk about, you know, sad stuff, depressing stuff. When I'm not being messy or talking about crazy stuff. But I got a story. So, um, many people that may know me know I don't fuck with either of my biological parents. They are just like horrible people i just don't fuck with them don't plan to ever be friends with them ever again talk to them whatever like i just don't i personally i don't like them they're not good people um i don't see myself having a relationship with them ever if the lord blesses me with children uh they won't have any grandparents on my side i mean don't have my stepdad i love my stepdad uh he's not the best neither but he's he's a decent person and i love him and um, but as far as like my biological parents, like they would have no dealings with them at all. However, I've been reading a lot of articles and even when I've been watching TV, certain shows I watch, it always seems like everyone has a mommy or daddy issue. And it took me to being an adult for me to realize i have definitely mommy and daddy issues myself uh you guys know i'm a homosexual so that's nothing shocking there uh with that being said i have trust issues with men like i just don't trust men at all uh my biological father is very sneaky conniving disrespectful uh he doesn't like to accept responsibility for anything he did whether it's him being a deadbeat or abusive whatever the case may be and because of that i'm always side-eyeing people especially men because i'm just like okay well you know I know something's wrong with you. Like, there's got to be something with you. If you ever met my biological father, he just seems like, I mean, he is a weirdo, but you would just think he's like a introvert. He's probably just shy, but he's cool. But no, he's, he, he's, he's evil, like pure evil. I don't trust him at all. If he ever hears this, I don't care. Good nigga, you're evil. And I, uh, when, I, I don't always take people at face value. It really takes me a while for me to... I won't even say trust you because I don't just trust people like that. But I just get auras. If I get a bad aura from you from the beginning, I'm not going to fuck with you. And if I don't get any type of aura from you, 
I need to like you know fill you out a little bit I'm not gonna be rude to you I'm not gonna be nasty you know I can still be nice to you respectful everything I'm just gonna take my time before I have an opinion about you you know or if I'm gonna recommend you to people so that's the case as far as with my mother um I will say she has not caused an issue with me for women but I will say she I would not mess like when I say mess be friend or be cool with any woman that acts like her you know I just expect women especially for women to be you know they bring people on earth I just look at them as strong beings and especially if you're a mother or you plan on being a mother, I just expect you to be a nurturing and caring type of person. And if I just see you're vile and just rude and nasty all the time, then I'm just very, I go in. I would be like, you know what, fuck this bitch. Yes, I'm saying, I'm referring to, uh, to any woman that acts just nasty, rude, stink as a bitch. I don't, I, 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 I just, I just... I don't know. I just expect I want a woman to be strong. Definitely being a bitch or being strong does not equate to being a bitch. You could be a strong person, but you're still respectful and nice to people that haven't done you wrong. If you're just coming off as mean and nasty all the time or even to strangers, you're a bitch to me and I don't fuck with you. I think the biggest issue with my mother I have with her in regards to my relationship with women is. I just. I just look at her as weak. Um, And when I say weak is when her and my stepfather separated when they broke up and we moved back to North Carolina, my mother had a support system. She had her mother and father. My mother grew up with both of her parents. Um, She had that. My mother went to Westchester University dropped out but she was enrolled and admitted and went this everything dropped out and i just and she was my mother had me when she was 15 going on 16 she was young so the fact that you know i was still young my sister was young my little brother was young i mean i was much older at this point i was 10 but still Um, She had a support system, you know, my stepfather grew up with both of his parents and they lived right across the street. We had my dad, my stepdad, but their dad's parents. We had my mother's parents, especially my grandmother. And my mother just did nothing. And she just abandoned us. Basically, she would go out and get drunk every night. We never seen my mother. She wouldn't even sign my homework. There was one point I didn't even know where my mother lived at. She lived in the same town as us. Uh, it was about two years before I lived with my mother again, uh, because, and when I say live with us, she technically lived with us at my grandma's house, but we never seen her and she would not come home. So I'm like, yo, where's this chick at? So, when I was 11 years old, the summer I turned 11, I'm just, I was visiting my mother one day, and it was just me. My brother and sister were with my grandparents, and my mother had this boyfriend. I think they're still together. I don't know. I don't care, but she had, has, whatever, this boyfriend, and you know, I don't have a big problem with him. He's whatever. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, you're moving in with your father. So I was shocked by this. And I said, no one told me I was moving in with my father, my biological father. And I'm the only one. um, My mother has three children. My brother and sister are from my stepfather. And I have a separate father. So. I would say for about since I was about between the ages of two and eight, I had sparse communication with my biological father, Um, his family, my paternal side of the family. I had more contact with them, but not too much. And when I was nine years old, my uh, biological father decided that he wanted me to spend some time with him 
So I was excited, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is the first extended time I'm going to be with my father. And at this particular time, he had three other children. And I was aware of two of them. The third one I've never met. And it's actually uh, my half brother whose birthday was three days ago. So I was excited. He was nine months old. I was nine. My other sister was nine. And then I had a five-year-old sister. We're all together. The first couple days, everything is good. Then I start notice him, noticing him, hit him having just a bad temper. So I saw him hit my younger sister. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But I'm... I was a little disturbed by that, but I'm just thinking like, okay, that's crazy. Like, you know, he not going to put his hands on me because I didn't get beatings or spankings at all. And then I remember the he hit my sister, my older sister, and he didn't raise her either. He, ra- he didn't raise me or my older sister, but the five-year-old he did. So I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? And I'm thinking to myself, he not going to put his damn hands on me. And then finally it happened to me. And he would just bully me, say horrible things about me. Uh, Basically, my mother didn't love me and he would just beat me. And, you know, he didn't beat me, but he spanked me a lot and threw things at me. And I'm nine years old, so I'm just mortified. So at that point, I relate to my when I got back home. I told my sister who I was raised with, my sister Shawnee, I said, you know, I told her everything that was happening. And I said, I cannot go back there at all. And it, I, I, I kind of told my mother, but I, I just told her, you know, yeah, he hit me. But she probably thought it was like a slap in the hand because I've gotten those before. I didn't really know how to say, yo, this nigga is, you know, this nigga is beating our asses. But that goes away. Then the summer I turned 10, my mother just told me, you're going to spend the summer with your father. And at this point, I'm looking at her like, bitch, I have not seen you basically in a year. You are like a ghost. And then you have the audacity to tell me, oh, I'm going to spend the summer with my father. And you don't take care of me. Like, what give you that right? And by this point, I started to feel some type of way towards her. Um, but I remember it was June 15, 2000, and her, my younger brother, who I was raised with, my brother Sean, and my grandmother, they drove two hours from the city in Pennsylvania we were living at at the time to where my father lived at. And the I remember her dropping me off and I just remember when they were crying out. The last thing I remember is my little three-year-old brother sitting in the backseat drinking some McDonald's juice and I'm crying. And then, you know, within a week I was getting beat and the beatings were worse than the last summer. At this point, I was being stripped naked and getting beat. Um, I was being slapped in the face, hit with broomsticks. I was made to stand against the wall doing squats with phone books and that's why i always joke that's how my ass is so fat because i had to do that um i wasn't fat but i was a little chubby uh my teeth were you know not the best at the time because you know i'm a little kid i'm nine going on ten and i got teased about my teeth my weight i was told i wasn't cute um uh i was told that my hair isn't as good as my younger siblings uh yeah my biological father's a colorist um but that's a different story and i was just i just never been treated like this before like it was horrible i remember one day he made me stay up for 24 hours looking for some piece of paper the house was disgusting it was a mess and i'm not used to living in filth i'm a very clean person and I was cleaning the tables, arranging stuff, and he said there was a piece of paper, some receipt. I've never seen it before, and to be honest, I don't even think this paper existed because he was able to find everything but this piece of paper, and he just would not let me go to sleep. Um, I got slapped in the face a couple times. I had to do the squats against the wall again, and and this was going on for 24 hours straight to the point where I just... I, 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 we we never found it, and 
I just remember just getting hit for no reason for like several days after that. Um, that summer, I discovered the Boys and Girls Club of America. And that was the only time I had solace those whole two months. And then his now, I guess, ex-wife, I don't know, but his girlfriend, who's the mother of my two youngest, excuse me, two of the three youngest brothers, because that's a whole nother thing, but I'm not going to bring that up. But he has two kids with the with his wife. They weren't married at the time um, and they were living together with my sister, who is now six years old. Um, the others, my older sister didn't come back that summer, but I was stuck there because of my trifling mother. Uh, left me with this trifling bitch uh, nigga of a sperm donor and she just uh, he just um, he he would just beat us so I just remember his now wife her sister-in-law had a son around my age and I was able to spend the night and that night turned into five nights and then she had another sister who had sons my age and I spent three nights with them. So that was like the whole time, the whole summer I felt safe. Like I knew I was getting beat that day. I knew, you know, I wasn't going to be woken up in the middle of the night because my biological father would just keep me up all night. Just telling me stories as if we're old friends. And all I wanted to do was go to sleep because I was tired. And one time I put my you know, face on my uh, hands, you know, and he just jumps up and just starts beating me. And this nigga is big, y'all, and I'm a small little kid. So one point during the summer, we went back down to visit my great grandmother, who is no longer with us, his grandmother. And she lived about a half a mile away from my, you know, my stepfather's parents and my mother's parents and where you know basically I was living at and my mother came up and she, you know like wow bitch you haven't seen your son in a month but you know I guess she was used to not seeing me so she took you know I walked them outside to the car or whatever or you know she's like oh I want to give you something whatever and you know she came and visit me she said hi to everyone they stayed for about 15 minutes so we're going outside and I remember breaking down and I'm saying please don't leave me he hits me whatever and she just took it like oh it's okay it's fine you're gonna have fun and it's like bitch you're not listening like this nigga is whooping my ass and she just did not care and that was July 4th, 2000. And the next time I saw her ass was August 31st, 2000. So it was another almost two months before I saw her again. And there were more beatings after that. So, and I can, can just continue. Um, she sent me back up there again. I told you in 2001, I ended up living up there for four months. It was the worst four months of my life because I actually met some really great friends up there. This is when I lived in Wyoming, Missing, Pennsylvania, West Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, I was in sixth grade with Taylor Swift. You know, me living in Chester, Pennsylvania at the time to go into West Reading, Wyoming, Missing was like a big thing. And I don't know if she thought in her she was doing a good thing as a mother for once, thinking, oh, it's a better school district. But at the same time, this nigga is beating my ass. You know, I'm getting beaten. I remember one time after football practice, he didn't like my performance or whatever. Mind you, this nigga don't work out. He never played football. He's a failure. He didn't graduate from high school. Nothing. I defied all of that. But anyway, I just remember when we got back to the house. He was just mad and like, you know, um, soaking the whole night and wouldn't speak to me. So everyone went to bed, you know, his two sons went to bed. My younger sister went to bed and I'm not going to go. This is my story, so I'm not going to go in on her story, but hers is worse. And I remember he just made me do all these weird exercises, and it was a school night, too. He made me do all these exercises and everything and whenever i couldn't do it he would punch me in my stomach he would beat me at one point he ripped off all my clothes and started beating me with the leather belt and then he took my face and he bashed my face against the floor to the point i thought my nose was broken and i couldn't breathe and i almost choked to death on my own blood 
And um, my mother finally came, was supposed to see me one time for like our football homecoming. Of course, she didn't come, but she came the following weekend and she brought my brother and my sister with her. And we went out to dinner and I wanted to go to Old Country Buffet and we went there. And then after dinner, I just remember that being the probably the lowest point of my life. I just started breaking down crying. And I'm like, please, please don't leave me. Like, I am crying, y'all. Like, I've never cried like this before. And to the point, I started throwing up crying. And rather than this person saying, oh, my God, something is going on with my 11-year-old son. She gave me back to my abuser. And, you know, she just didn't do anything. She just was... I, I don't know. I think that, you know, my grandparents are finally tired of taking care of us. And she's like, I don't feel like taking care of these kids. I'm going to leave them with his father, which is understandable. But if your child is this distraught, especially at this young of an age, red signs aren't going off in your head. But I mean, she also allowed her brother to abuse me my whole life neither. So I guess looking back on it, she's never been much of a mother. And... The next time I saw my mother is I had to call my grandmother and I don't know if my grandmother threatened her or if God threatened her. I don't know what happened, but I had to play a whole espionage with my mother to sneak up and come pick me in the middle of the night to take me back home. And after that, I didn't see my father again for two years and best believe when I saw him again, it was two years worth of ass whoopings that I got. Then I saw him again a summer after that, more ass whoopings after that. And that was the summer I turned 14. And then after that, I've only seen him twice. And he's never once apologized. Um, it was when I turned 19. No, I, was, I turned 20. My 20th birthday and I just finished my first year at Temple. I had a Facebook page and he found me and he called me all types of sissies and called me dramatic and all this other stuff. And I don't know what overcame me, but I called my aunt, his sister, got his number. And when I got his number, I proceeded to cuss him out. And I never spoken to him since, except one time, but I got tricked into that. But I've never spoken to him. And I'm just thinking like, okay, I was angry, but me cussing him out, I felt felt so good to do so. Because for years, I really wanted to kill this man. Um, one of the times I've seen him, I actually brought a knife with me because I was ready to stab him. And... I was in my grandmother's house and my grandmother would not leave me alone with him. And I was 17 years old at this point. And the fact that this older woman, my grandmother, felt, you know, always had to protect me when it came to him. I just love my grandmother for that. But I've spoken to some of my friends and some people about this situation and they always told me to forgive him. And I said, I I'm not angry anymore, but I, I'm not going to forgive him. I think when people think of forgiveness, they think that, oh, you know, when you forgive someone, you'll feel so much better. You're not carrying hatred. And it's like, no, I don't carry hatred at all. Time has passed. You know, I've said what I've said to him. I made it quite clear how I felt about him. But I'm not bitter or angry to the point where if I ever see him again, I'm going to do something like that's not the case. It would just be like, oh, my gosh, a shock because I've not seen him in years. But I don't have any, you know, I wish death on him or I'm going to fuck like none of that against him. But I just feel like there's no need for me to forgive him. I feel like with forgiveness, someone really needs to ask for it. Someone really needs to say, you know, I am sorry. I have remorse for what I did to you. I'm a horrible person for doing that. But I am sorry. 
if I could take it back, I can. I want to amend and make it up to you. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not just, you know, what you learn at church and you're supposed to automatic, automatically say, you know what, I feel better, I forgive you. And some of these motherfuckers that are getting forgiven, they don't give a damn. They're like, I didn't ask for you to forgive me. I don't feel bad about what I did. And they're right. If they don't feel bad about what they did, you don't have to forgive them. I'm not saying going out, go out there, beat their ass, be angry. Like, definitely, I want you to find some type of way to heal. You know, so, you forgiving someone. Forgiveness is a two-way streak, okay? Someone got to ask for forgiveness. You can't just say, oh, I forgive this person. It's literally like, no. They have to say, you know what, Ken, I am sorry for beating your ass. I am sorry for being a horrible parent. I am sorry for putting you in danger. I'm sorry to threaten to kill you. I'm sorry for all of that. Not me, you know, giving him an unsolicited, uh, not apology, forgiveness. I'm not doing that. So fuck that and fuck this whole, oh, it'll make you feel better. You got to forgive. You only got one parent. Well, I didn't ask to be here, number one, or one father. I didn't ask to be here, number one. Number two is God blessed me with a good stepfather and a great family to go along with it. Number three is fuck that nigga. And I'm not talking about God. Y'all know I love the Lord. When I say fuck that nigga, I'm talking about my sperm donor. You know, it's, it's everybody I want to I seem like when people say you only get one mother, one father, why are you giving excuses or excusing the actions of someone who was an adult and how they treated a child? I don't care if the person was on drugs. I don't care if the person had a bad childhood. I don't care if the person had you young. I don't care. My thing is this. If that was the case, give them away to someone that could take care of them better. You know, uh, uh, give them away for adoption. Do that. Don't beat on them, mistreat them and everything. But all of a sudden, um, I feel like a lot of people forget, you know, one day your children, God willing, will grow up and you will get old and then you will be haunted by your actions and be like, damn, I treated my children badly. I hope they forgive me. And then, you know, all these church people or all these um, uh, social media therapists talk about something. You get one mother, one father. Oh, my mom is dead. I wish she was here. Well, bitch, I'm sorry about your mother, but mine's ain't shit or my father ain't shit. So you having a dead mom or a, a absentee dad or a dead dad and an absentee mom or both of the same category, that has nothing to do with me. I, you have my condolences, but that has nothing to do with me. And I, could care less in this situation because the people that you know whose eggs and sperm made me they ain't shit that's the case i have no desire to forgive them i had a long childhood they started abusing me very early in my childhood and no one's ever tried to make amends i'll be 30 years old in eight months no one is still asked for forgiveness. No one is still, you know, trying to make amends. No one's reaching out. No one said, I'm sorry. None of that. So why am I asking? Why do I have to forgive people? Why? I, I don't get it. Why? Um, Brittany B from Love and Hip Hop. She said her mother threw her on the street. Her mom was an alcoholic. So was mine. And she said, you know what? I don't know if I could forgive her. And everyone say, oh, forgive your mom. She only got one mom. It's like, no. That is very traumatic. If these people, and I'm going to keep it real, and I might get um, people hating on me. If there's people that are coming up, I'm going to use Bill Cosby for an example. If you got these grown women who were sexually assaulted, some of them raped from 30, 40 years ago, and they were adults. If they are still traumatized and upset and angry about Bill Cosby and don't want to forgive him, why the hell are you asking someone who was a child to forgive their parents, the people that are supposed to take care of them and make sure they're always good? Why should they why should someone who was a traumatized child, whether they were beat, sexually abused, um, neglected, verbally or emotionally or mentally abused why should they forgive their parents 
Why? Because they only get one mom and one dad. Well, if the mom or dad acted like a mom or dad, then there would be no reason for them to be upset or them to say, fuck you. I'm not going to ever fuck with you ever again. There would be no case, no need for that at all. So miss me with all of that. And my mother comes up into this because she allowed this to happen after I told her this. And then on top of that, my mother allowed her brother to abuse me my whole life and has never said nothing. And I'm like, bitch, you let this nigga abuse your child? Seriously? And this nigga has 30 children and doesn't take care of any of them. And to be honest, my whole mother's side of the family, I really don't fuck with them like that because of that very thing. You know, my grandmother and I are very close, but even I have some issues with her regarding this. No one did anything. This nigga was a whole grown person and I'm a child and y'all let this nigga just throw bricks at me, throw me against the room and no one did anything at all. So... Fuck her, fuck her brother, and fuck my sperm donor. I don't bang with them. And I'm saying fuck them for dramatics, you know. Um, And I don't think of them, but I had a conversation with someone recently. And I said, you know what? I'm definitely upset. You know, I might even be a little angry. But if I see them, I'm not enraged. I'm just like, I just have no desire to forgive them. We can coexist on earth. You know, we, we're doing it now. Um, I don't interact or speak with them. But, you know, when I, I, I wish them nothing but good health, even though none of them are healthy. But, you know, I don't wish death on them. Um, I don't wish ill will towards them. Um, I just they just don't have me I just don't have any sympathy for them or forgiveness for them but and you know me saying fuck all this other fuck them what I mean that's how I feel but I don't have anger towards them I mean I'm still a little angry I'm still a little sad and even people that forgive people sometimes they're still angry you know just saying oh I forgive you it's like oh okay and if I forgive them what's supposed to be the next thing that establish a relationship with them People, I, and that's the thing. When when you forgive someone, what's supposed to be the next thing? If you don't establish a, if I was to forgive my egg donor or my sperm donor, and I don't establish a relationship with them, is that supposed to be? You know, am I still bitter? Does that forgiveness means oh it's it's invalid because I don't want a relationship with them? It's like no, you can't win when it comes to the forgiveness game. It's just that there's going to be people in the world, and I wish people accept this. I feel like the world would be much better when people realize this. There's going to be people in the world that you don't like, or you just don't have a desire to be around, you know. And sometimes you know, it's not even the person's fault. It's just you know your op- your personalities don't match. Whatever the case may be, that's all. And you know what? It's a very sad story. That you know, I don't feel any type of like connection to either of my parents, or you know, I say I would never forgive them, and I don't think I will neither. Um, and if I have kids, they will not have any grandparents from me. But you know, if I just decide to do this whole, I forgive them. What am I supposed to do? Waste my time and try to reach out to them? Or, you know, you know, someone will probably try to question me and say, oh, well, Kian, if you forgave them, you should reach out to them. Why? That's what's wrong with people nowadays. People just need to let things go. If you don't fuck with someone, you just don't fuck with them. And that's the end of the story. And now I hear that my egg donor, my mother, um, feels like no one loves her in the world. There's people that love you, you know. There's people that care about you. Uh, She said she doesn't get a call from any of her three children. Because we don't fuck with you. We know you were a bad mother. You know, I wish you nothing but success. You know, I wish wish her good health. If she listens to this good, you know how I really feel about you because we don't talk or speak to each other. But I wish nothing bad or anything towards her. But yeah, like... And I'm not even going to say I hate her because I don't hate her. I'm not going to say I love her either, but I definitely don't hate the woman at all. I just don't bang with her. But um, 
these parents, especially parents, when you mistreat your children, God willing your children grow up and God willing you get older, you have a lot to answer for. You know, I am not an advocate for children reaching out to their parents. I am not an advocate for a child to act like the parent in a situation when it's between them and their parents. I am not an advocate for people forgiving people when it's not when forgiveness is not asked for. I am not an advocate for any of it. So if you guys are, God bless you. That's good. But for people that think like me or they may not even be as harsh as me, but feel like, you know what? I'm not going to be out here forgiving people. Especially if they don't ask for it. You have an ally. You have someone that agrees with you. And you know what? Power to you. God bless you. Mm. Now I could forgive people for doing stuff now. Like, you know, I had a couple friends that I had some disagreements with. You know, they probably ran their mouth a little too much. I forgave them. Because, you know, you didn't, um, you know, you didn't cause me physical and years of... Uh, mental anguish to the point where I'm out here. I'm not trusting men. I missed out on a couple relationships. You know, I have depression sometimes. Um, I'm a borderline. Ooh, let me not go there. Hold on, because I don't want y'all thinking I need to go to rehab. I am drinking the Johnny uh, Walker Black Label right now, but that's because it's good. But I am not a drunk. Mm. If y'all hear any noise in the background, it's these cars going past. Y'all know I live in an apartment complex. It's surprisingly quiet for a Friday night. You know, I would think living in an apartment complex with a bunch of families and a bunch of yuppies, I would see and hear more drunk people coming in and out the building on a Friday night. But this not the case tonight. I don't know what's going on. But, um, but yeah, that's my whole thing about forgiveness, you know. If you if you feel like you are cool, you've gotten over someone mistreating you or doing you badly, and you forgive them for their actions, that's fine. You can't bring it up again. And if you're going to forgive them, then that means that... All that pain and hurt associated with You need to let that shit go Let's keep it real That's what forgiveness is Forgiveness is like I forgive you for your actions And any trauma or anything that's happened to me As a result of that I've learned to deal with And I've forgiven all of that That's what that means There's a difference between that And being like you know what I used to be so angry and upset with this person But I'm not anymore I'm not I just don't give a damn anymore. You know, sometimes you may say fuck them or sometimes you may be like, you know, what? Well, forget them or whatever. I just like the cuss, but that that that's not necessarily forgiveness, but that's peace of mind, though. Forgiveness does not equate the peace of mind and peace of mind does not equate the forgiveness. I can honestly say I do have a peace of mind and I I, I don't think about them. But I had a conversation about my mother recently with someone and we were talking about forgiveness and they asked me, like, is there any way you will ever, you know, have any type of relationship? And I thought about it for a minute and I really said to them and I still feel this way today and I've been feeling this way for about 15 years now is no, I have no desire to talk to her ever again befriend her none of that you know like i said god bless her i wish her good health um we can definitely coexist on this i hope we coexist on this planet i don't want anything bad to happen to her at all i don't want anything bad to happen to it well there's some people that can go but uh she is definitely not one of them I have a little bit of love for the lady. I'll, I even go that far. But as far as us having a relationship, no. Do I forgive her? No. Why? I'm still traumatized by her actions and her neglect. It's one thing if, you know, someone did something and they didn't realize what they were doing versus I know what I did and I just don't give a damn. I don't care. 
Also, I think my mother is older now, so maybe, you know, she's feeling, you know, no one loves her. She, no one speaks with her because now she's not young anymore. She's getting older. Um, she has three grown children. She gave birth to three children. No one speaks to her. And she really has no one but her clicky family members that I don't like, don't bang with. Fuck all of them, really. And... No, I'm cool with two of them. I'm not talking about my grandmother. I'm talking about, well, I'm cool with my grandmother, but there's two other family members uh, my mother got. I, I, I'm i cool with those two. Everyone else fucked them. Uh, and as far as my biological father, he can just... Mm. Anyway, don't say nothing uh, if you can't say nothing nice. But that's all. That's all I got to say about that mess. Um... But yeah, everyone is on your terms. If you feel like you want to forgive someone, okay, fine, be it. But don't feel like you have to. And don't listen to these these stupid-ass people that say you only got one mother and one father. Because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, Brittany B., if you ever listen to this podcast... I understand what you was going through. I felt like your mother was selfish when she was talking about them. You only got one mother and you don't come see me. That's another. I don't like when um, the ch- the parents or the person that's supposed to be the parent expects the child to act like the parent. And I think she brought that up, too. You know, so you got an ally in me. So with that being said, I'm done with this topic. Um for all of y'all people that suffering from seasonal depression like me, the best thing I will say is this. Read. Reading is fundamental. It is fun. Um, I think later on tonight, I must start reading again my uh, book, The Impeachment of Abraham Lincoln. Y'all, that book is good. I love historical fiction. I was a history major in college. I have my degree in history, so read that. Um, I have a bunch of other books. I have a book about 1940 called 1948. It's about the Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict origin. Um, I also have King Leopold's Goals. I have Kendra by Octavia Butler. I read that in high school, but I need to read that again. It's such a good book. Um, what other books I got? I said King Leopold's. Oh, The Grass is Singing by, uh, what's her name? Doris Lessing, the lady from the South African writer. She's dead now, but she's a Nobel prize winner. That book, uh, I got quite a few other books. I have the, uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. I read that book though. The movie is horrible, but the book is amazing. And, you know, keep your room clean. I did a big room clean and got my room together a couple weeks ago. And it's been helping with my depression. Eat better. Um, be social um my i've been i started go i stayed home for like a month and i start noticing you know i understand that some of my friends are like oh you know i don't want to go out tonight and that's cool i just like being social when i'm in the house by myself sometimes i get really sad and lonely and I do, you know, I would go out and visit my friends. I don't think they realize that, you know, I enjoy just hanging out. We don't have to go out. So when they start that, oh, I just want to be in the house and be lame tonight. My ass is going out the t- going out of town. I'm going to Philly or New York or wherever the hell I be at and Canada, shit. And they better not say anything because sometimes they are drier than the Sahara Desert. Love them to death, but it's true. Um, But yeah. Seasonal depression is a bitch, man. You know, pray. Um, if you need to speak to someone, speak speak with them. Um, yeah, I really did not know how bad depression was. I was really depressed after I graduated from college. Like, really bad. Um, that's probably the worst depression case as an adult I've ever had. I've been good since. Um, also... The election season's coming up, so I know y'all about to be depressed again. Uh, I kind of wish it was the 2016 elections all over again, because I'm going to be honest. Those Donald Trump debates were hilarious as hell. Of course, I didn't take them seriously, and I did not vote for him because I'm not a registered Republican. So he got no primary votes from Ken and Clora Bird, and I definitely did not vote for him in the general election. Uh, what else? What else? Um, TV shows are coming back on. 
It is the last season of the Will and Grace revival. I'm so upset about that. If you haven't watched it, go on Hulu, catch up. It is good. It's entertaining. Um, I watched Will and Grace in high school. Uh, it It's much better now. I do like how... You know what, Sophia? I'm going to give you a shout out. You said something about not liking the word progressive because it was used in slavery as, you know, showing black people's intelligence as if we're like we came from the dirt and every time you know someone say something intelligent it's like progression it's like no motherfuckers we all smart we're humans just like the rest of y'all so i i i think that's what you were that's how i got from what you were explaining why you don't like the word progression um so if that's the case i i gotta give you that shout out because i don't like using that word myself um but I do want to say I like the strides that's been made in, you know, LGBTQIA. I'm going to throw a joke. JK P. It's funny. But the LGBT community, because um, I like seeing more black men, black women being represented in the Rainbow Tribe. I love that Philly adopted the black and brown to their stripes. And there is a good miniseries on Netflix, Tales from the City. It's a continuation from the uh, Amistad Maupin um, series. And at the end of every episode, they display the LGBT rainbow flag. And they have the black and brown in it. And I love it. And as a black person that's in that LGBT rainbow tribe, I just feel amazed by it. Um, so watch that. Watchmen on HBO. The first episode was really good. Um, Y'all read about the um, Tulsa, Oklahoma race riots, Black Wall Street. And I've been a woke person for a very long time. I knew about that when I was 11 years old because there's a documentary and they have voiceovers and pictures. And one of the voiceovers was Alfre Woodard. So that's how I first learned about it in 2000. Two two 2001 i believe i was it was actually when i was at the motherfucking sperm donor's house that's how i first learned about it so it's really sad you know every time you know you hear people say oh the black ghettos the black community black people been so this that i'm like we've had successful black financial districts neighborhoods everything the problem is these racist people like to get jealous, like to get upset, and they always, everyone always wants to be better than black people, and I think I'm gonna talk about that in my next podcast, uh, because that that bothers me. I also recently watched Gangs in New York too, and that reiterates, yeah, niggas gonna be niggas, the haters gonna hate, refrigerators gonna refrigerate. But at this point, I'm just blabbing. Thank you guys for listening. I really enjoy speaking with you guys per usual. Um, my episodes are over. When I say my episodes, that means my depression episodes for the season. Hopefully, I'm feeling a lot better. I don't have any major traveling to be doing uh, for a while. So, I'm definitely going to be getting back with you guys next weekend. I promise. Promise I will. So, please go to Spotify or Apple Music or Anchor for this episode. And if you have any comments or anything you want to add, please feel free to email me at K as in kites, chlorbird at iCloud.com. Love you guys. Be blessed. Thank you. Bye-bye.